This is what the Holy Spirit said to me as I was praying one morning. Remember, we've been talking about a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, about not having destination disease. And that's, you know, when the kids get raised, when I get this bill paid, we all understand what destination disease is, that we don't wait for things to happen. We don't wait for the bill to be paid off or those kind of things. Well, the Lord spoke to my heart. I really heard this. He said, the worst thing that's in the body of Christ, the worst destination disease of all is this, when I get caught up. When I get caught up, I'm going to serve God. When I get caught up, I'm going to write that book God told me to. When I get caught up, I'll be a healing minister. And here's what the Holy Ghost said. <laughs> it, he's, it, it was so good. He said, you will never arrive, so prioritize. You will never arrive, so prioritize. Have you all figured out yet? We still do it. We still say, well, when I get caught up, when, when I get the, you know, when I get the house clean, when I get my, you know, when I get the kitchen painted or whatever, we still do it. But have you ever figured out that we're never going to get caught up? I think I figured that out, that you will just not ever get caught up because there's always something that's coming back in. So I feel certain for this healing center and to be a healing technician, to be a healing minister, you will probably have to rearrange some things. The people that have time to really do this, they won't ever do anything because they're retired. The people that really have time to do it, they will never do anything. It's those of us, you and I, who don't have time to do this that we have to do it. We have to prioritize. We have to do it. We've got that call on our life, don't we? Okay, we're going to study. We're going to review a minute last week. We talked about why did Jesus heal, and we know that Jesus did not heal to prove that he was God. And um, the main reason we know that he did not heal to prove that he was God is that he did not function as God. You know, you'll hear people say when Jesus walked the earth, he was 100% God and 100% man. But, you know, and that kind of can mislead us that that he was down here being God, but he was not down here being God. Let's just go to Philippians 2 and just know that we know that, that Jesus did not come down to be God. He did not come down to prove himself as God. Philippians 2, and beginning in verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. The Bible teaches us that he stripped himself of his divinity. He laid it aside. Sometimes you hear stories, I think this kind of comes out of the Apocrypha. As a little boy, he healed a bird. That He did miracles as a little boy. And then we see pictures of him even now. And I love pictures of the Holy Family and pictures of Mary and Jesus. But sometimes we see a, a glow 
coming out from Jesus. But that's not true. That's not how it was. And the Bible even says in Isaiah that there was nothing comely about him. There was nothing about him. If you looked on the outside that you would have known, oh, that's the Son of God or that's God. So he stripped himself of that and he operated completely as a man. You can see in the Gospels, all he will refer to himself as the Son of Man. He refers to himself as the Son of Man. The Son of Man came to do this, the Son of Man. And so because of that, we can be as he was. That's why we can take First John where it says, as he is, so are we in this world. We have to identify with Jesus. Remember Pastor Buzzy used to say Jesus with skin on? Hallelujah. Well, that's what you are. You're full of Jesus. And uh, hallelujah. Now, let me tell you, the Lord spoke to me after I've said all this. He spoke to me a lot this week. And uh, (laughs) so I was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, we're not seeing what we ought to be seeing in healing here in River Church. Even though we've gotten this message, we understand about dominion. We understand about the authority that Jesus, it's his authority, but we're using it. We understand that. We've got it. We've caught it. We're not praying anymore for God to heal. We're not asking God to heal. We are commanding sickness to go and we're praying right and I said but God I don't think we're seeing and healing what we need to be seeing we've been seeing some improvement in some people but we've and we've also been seeing some uh, minor illnesses healed but we need to be able to see more I'm, I'm kind of like getting desperate because you know I know we're coming up to this deadline and I just heard him fully say this he said you need to take full responsibility And he was talking about River Church. He said, you need to take full responsibility. He said, you have a commitment problem. And I knew what he was talking about. And he said, uh, you need to take full responsibility with your faith. And that's when we go to pray for the sick or someone that has an illness or needs something. He said, you need to take full responsibility with your faith. In other words, the prayer takes full responsibility with their faith and not depending on the prayee's faith. I began to meditate on this and the Holy Ghost began to show me and I heard these words and I knew that this is how we were trained up. This is how we came this is what we came up in and that subconsciously we had gotten this down in us and I have had people say this to me before when I have asked for prayer before and I think this is common I have heard people say I'm just going to agree with your faith have you ever heard that saying I'm just going to agree with your faith I might have even said it myself. I'm just going to agree with your faith. And when I heard the Holy Ghost say that, I said, what a cop out. What a cop out. That is absolutely saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'll just agree that your faith will get that. That is not putting my faith at all in the situation. And boy, it brought me up. And I said, Lord, we hadn't taken full responsibility when we go to pray for people. And what we have done is we go to pray for people and we pray and we do use our faith, but we just add a little bit of our faith to their faith because we're really counting on their faith. 
you know, even like me, I'm the pastor's wife. So when y'all pray for me, I kind of wonder if it's not tempting to say, oh, yeah, Miss Debbie, now she's got it. So I don't, I, you know, I'm just going to agree with her because she's really got it. And it's like, well, what I was thinking about it was anybody you pray for. I mean, Annette could tell me, yes, I'm in faith. I'm believing for this, but I need this. Just by her words, I don't even know if she's really got that with her faith or not. So what the Holy Spirit spoke to me is if we will start taking responsibility with our faith and not depend on the other person's faith at all, whether we think they have some or whether we think they don't. Because I think when we go in those healing rooms, it's going to be people that we think they have faith because they say, well, I go to so-and-so church or I do this or whatever. And we think they have faith, but they don't have a drop of faith. The reason I need prayer or you need prayer is not because we don't know by his stripes you were healed. And not that we haven't used our faith on it. And Curry Blake said the reason when we pray for ourselves that we don't really have confidence sometimes is because we know ourselves. And we know all our mess-ups and we know all our failures. That's what he said. But he didn't give me this. I mean, the Holy Ghost did. So we need to get away from, I'm going to agree with your faith, or just put a little bit of our faith with them. Because I'm not saying we're willfully doing this. This is like, because of what we've been taught in the past, we're subconsciously doing that. Because we were really brought up to believe it was mostly their faith. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. And it was mostly their faith, and we could pray, but unless they had faith, they weren't going to get it. But we need to scratch that from our mind and say, no, they're going to get it because of my faith. And then going on from there, the way to have strong faith is not to have faith in my own faith. That messes you up, too. When you have faith in your own faith, when you go pray for somebody— First of all, you know all your mess-ups. So you can't have faith in your own faith. So where we put our faith, we put our faith in the goodness of God. How gracious He is, how merciful He is. The Bible says, For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. The Word says that His mercies are new every morning. So we put our faith in His goodness, which is absolute goodness. And He is too good. Jesus, He is too good to pass someone by for blessing or help when they are hurting and they need help, he's too good to pass them by because their faith is little or weak or or small. And he did. Now, he got on to the apostles for having no faith and being in unbelief. He got on to them, his disciples, and he did commend people that had great faith or large faith. The last things the Lord said when he was dealing with me on this about depending on their faith and having to just add a little bit of our faith to their faith, he said, you have to take full responsibility for them being healed. Hallelujah. He said, you will never do the works of Jesus depending on their faith and not being totally committed. Totally committed to, it's my responsibility to get you healed. You will never do the works of Jesus till we have that attitude. And then he said to me, Debbie, he said, you are either a healer like Jesus or you are not. And Jesus was not depending on other people's faith. Sometimes he commended them for having faith, but he never depended on them having faith. He used his faith. 
to get people healed. Now, are we going to do the works of Jesus, do them like he did them? Are we going to be Jesus with skin on? Hallelujah. Then we have to take the responsibility and say, if you're not healed, it's my fault, and I am going after it with everything I have. I am getting down here, and I'm pulling out all the faith I have to get you healed. Because, see, it's not God we're trying to move. We're not trying to move God. God's already done his part. By his stripes you were healed. He said it. It's done. It's finished. It was finished on the cross. It's done. So we're not begging God to heal people. We're contending with the devil. They're sick because of the devil, not because of Jesus. So we're dealing with the devil and we're dealing with symptoms and we're dealing with sickness and disease. Demon spirits. Even if they don't have a demon, it's just contagion or something. That don't matter. It still came from the devil. It was the devil. Started with the devil, promoted by the devil. Boy, I tell you what, I think we can get there. The Lord keeps helping us like this. The Lord reminded me of this. He said, remember, over two years ago, remember when you said to me, Debbie, and you had the church pray, you said, Lord, everything that's in my belief bucket that's not of you, God, Get it out of there. Well, what has he been doing? I mean, I tell you, I didn't know I had that much in my belief bucket. I mean, I was rid of a lot of stuff, but when it came down to how to heal the sick, I had a mountain of stuff in my belief bucket that just wasn't working and wasn't never going to work, hadn't worked. You know, you'll hit and miss every once in a while, but we don't want hit and miss. God told us to bring a healing presence into Tuscaloosa County, and that's not a hit and miss. Every once in a while, somebody gets healed, and mostly it's just little stuff. No, we want to do it all. Hallelujah. So why did Jesus heal? Who remembers from your heart? Why did Jesus heal? Last week we studied it. Compassion. Hallelujah. That was the first reason Jesus healed was compassion. And we found that in Matthew 9.35. Labors were ordained because of compassion and sent out into the harvest. Matthew 14, 14. The sick multitude was healed because of compassion. It says he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Matthew 20, 39. Write these scriptures if you didn't get them last week. Blindness was healed because of compassion. This was the two blind men that came up, and they actually even cried out and asked him for compassion. They said, Lord, have mercy on us, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, but they kept crying out, have mercy on us. Listen, if you do want to pray and appeal to God, then that's the way to pray and appeal is have mercy and have compassion. But he already did. Jesus had compassion is why he went to the cross. And he asked them, what should I do for you? What do you need? And they said that we might see. It says Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And they saw. In Mark 1.40, the leprosy was healed because of compassion. And this was another leper that came besieging him, kneeling down to him. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. I mean, I have wrestled these scriptures and said, well, it was because he was humble. And he kneeled down and he worshiped. No, 
that's not why Jesus healed them, because they kneeled down in worship and they were humble, although this man was. He didn't heal them because of that. He healed this man because of compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And then Mark 5, devils were cast out because of compassion. And this is the demoniac, the Gadarean demoniac, who was lunatic. And when Jesus got off the ship, he was in fetters and cutting himself and... Jesus healed him, set him free. He was possessed with the devil. He wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, Go home to thy friends. Tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And so we know Jesus healed out of compassion. Hallelujah. And then we studied the sacred cow. The very first sacred cow was found in Matthew 17, 14, where Jesus, the son of this man, was lunatic. He probably had epilepsy. It sounds like epilepsy, but for sure he had a devil. It threw him in the fire. It did all sorts of things. And so the man came and said, your disciples, I've asked your disciples, and they cannot do this. Jesus set the little boy free. They came to Jesus after said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. In your Bible, we'll have a verse 21. Matthew 17, 21 is not in the Greek, and it was added later. We proved last week why Jesus would not have gotten on to the disciples for not fasting, because he had already told them in Matthew 9 that as long as the bridegroom was there with them, they would not fast. And so Jesus would never have gotten on to them for doing something he already said they would not do. And so healing is not connected to fasting. Only thing fasting is for, fasting does not move God. Fasting does not change the devil. Fasting is dying to self. And you can fast a lot of things and die to self. You can fast TV and die to self. Some people lead a fasted life. Mark Brzee, I heard him say this, he always goes to bed hungry. That's his fast. That's his fasted life. The sacred cow is that it takes fasting and prayer to heal the sick. We talked a lot last week and we pray for somebody. The reason the disciples were in unbelief was because they watched what the devil did to that boy. We know the disciples had already gone out on mission trip, commissioned by Jesus, told them to cast out devils, heal the sick. They had already gone out, come back, and told Jesus how awesome it was and that even the devils were subject to them. So they had already cast out devils. They already knew the command of faith. They already knew how to do it. They knew how it worked. And then they got to this one and got totally over into unbelief because they saw what the devil was doing. They saw the little boy thrashing around on the ground, foaming at the mouth, and they just left their faith. They just chose not to believe from that time forward. It's just like Peter. He was walking on the water with his eyes on Jesus. Soon as he looked at the waves and the wind boisterous, he began to sink. And so that's what we have to set our mind right now for. You know, the Bible says, it's in the NIV, it says, set your mind for action. We need to set our mind for action. And we need to set our mind for action right now. Doesn't matter what they say, doesn't matter how they act, they can throw themselves on the floor, they can foam at the mouth. No matter what they do, we keep our eye on Jesus. And let me tell you, we don't need to be identifying with, oh God, have compassion. What we need to do is have the compassion of Jesus. We need to identify with Jesus. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not always as moved with compassion as I need to be. 
I have had where the Holy Spirit really stirred me and I was moved with compassion. So we need to start praying, Lord, help us be moved with compassion for the sick, just like Jesus was. Because we want to identify with Jesus, not stand around waiting on God to have compassion because he already did. He sent Jesus to the cross. Jesus went to the cross. He had compassion on the sick and he paid the ultimate price for it. So we don't need Jesus to have compassion. We need ourselves to be moved with compassion. Hallelujah. And get our faith completely in there. Luke 7, 11 is the woman in the city of Nain. Her son has died. She's a widow. She has one son. He died. And the Bible says, And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he raised her son from the dead. So the dead are raised by compassion. But first reason Jesus healed was because of compassion. Then Acts 10.38, we're going to get another reason Jesus healed right now. Number two, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The second reason Jesus healed is because he's good. He's good. God is good. All the time. We talk about it. Don't we? God is good. James 4, 17. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, for him it is sin. Jesus would have sinned if he hadn't healed the sick because he knoweth to do good. And healing is a good thing. And that's what he did. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. It was right and good. Psalm 107, 1 and in about seven other places in the Old Testament, it says, For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. The third reason that Jesus healed was for a sign. And it was not a sign that He was God, but it was a sign that the kingdom had come. The Lord's Prayer is to pray this, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, there's two truths here. First of all, the kingdom has come. And some people will argue with you when you want to pray the Lord's Prayer because they'll say, well, the kingdom's come. The kingdom has come, but the kingdom is also coming. It has come and it is coming. The kingdom is not manifest everywhere in the earth, even though the kingdom of God has come. But when we pray thy kingdom come, we are praying that the kingdom of God be advanced, the kingdom of God grow, the kingdom of God make progress. You know, we need to get the kingdom of God over in Iran, and that would save all the problems. Would y'all say that that's true? So the kingdom has both come and is coming. It's like the words when God spoke in Genesis, light be. In the King James, it says, let there be light, but in the Hebrew, it's light be. When God spoke that, light be, it just keeps on. It just keeps on. It's never stopped. The light is traveling 186,000 miles per second, and the universe is expanding. Light just keeps going out there further and further and further. Well, it's the same with the kingdom. So don't ever think that darkness is winning. No, the kingdom is expanding and growing and is going forth and it's advancing. And the more we decree it, declare it, and the more we go out and cause the kingdom to be advanced by winning the lost and healing the sick and getting people baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's the expanding the kingdom of God. Our, we're supposed to take over this place, this earth, and take it back for Jesus just like it was before Adam fell. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's darkness in the earth. And uh, it is uh, never going to give up. The devil's not going to give up. But uh, we are never to quit praying and, and 
pushing forth into our town and in our city and our country and the world. You know, God wouldn't have told us to pray if nothing could be done about darkness. So the second reason Jesus healed was for a sign that the kingdom is here. And let's go over to Mark chapter 16 and look at that in verse 15. Mark 16, 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That's expanding the kingdom. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover." Healing was a sign. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. These signs. Healing is a sign and not a reward. That's something we need to know. Healing is for a sign. What is a sign of? The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God. Jesus is king. It's a sign the kingdom of God is here. It's a sign, not a reward. We've looked at it as a reward. We've looked at healing as a reward for a lot of prayer. A lot of people, well, I got everybody praying for me. So God's going to reward us with healing because a lot of people are praying for me. When people tell you there's people all over this world praying for me, ignore that. Get your faith on it because there ain't nobody praying right. They may have 500 people praying for them, but nobody's praying right. We know that because they're not healed. And so just ignore that. Go on. We don't have to argue with them. We don't have to try to teach them any. This healing center is not going to be a place to try to teach them something. This healing center is a place for us to demonstrate something to them. If God chooses to get them taught something, fine. But you've got to know a lot of them just walk away. pastor was talking to somebody that has healing rooms in Gulfport, Gulfport, Mississippi today. They're just broke. You know, well, thank heavens for word of faith. Word of faith taught us to use our faith for finances. Believe God. And so, but they're going under financially. Why? Because really because of their faith. They think it's because people don't give to healing rooms, and that's what they're saying. But it's not. They believe people don't give to healing rooms, so therefore people don't give to healing rooms. But we believe they do. We sent letters to 10 people. Seven out of 10 have responded. And we're not discounting the others, but seven out of 10 have responded generously wanting to see the sick healed in Tuscaloosa County. Very generously. I'm talking about it's gone over and beyond what we believed for. And so very generously, they want to see this work done in the earth. And the other three, maybe they have to see before they believe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying they will respond. It will happen before or after. Because we put their names on the list because God told us to put their names on the list. And we were careful who we put on that list too. If we had any unction that they might be offended in any way or anything like that, we didn't put them on the list. We put, only put on the list those that had had a heart for this ministry and had given before to this ministry. Yeah, and we didn't put any former members on that or anything like that. And they were everyone out of town. Hallelujah. So interesting. So healing is a sign, not a reward. We got that? Turn to John 14, 10. Paul said he prayed for the sick, prayed for the sick while he had a physical problem. So if you have a physical problem, don't try to disqualify yourself. You get in there and you pray. And you know what? I just been praising the Lord. I said, God, you're so good. You're just so good. 
Hallelujah. If we haven't known it or if we need somebody to help us get healed, then God's going to supply that too in this room. You know, whatever it is, if it's something we need to know and declare over ourselves, if it's something that needs to be fixed in our believer, then God's helping us fix it because he supplies all of our need. And that would be a need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Or if God says, no, I'm going to heal you through a person's going to pray for you. Hallelujah. It's got to be somebody that knows how to, the command of faith, the decree of faith. Hallelujah. John 14, 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very works sake. That's very important to underline that part, the very works sake. Or we could say, believe me for the very signs sake. So Jesus said, if you can't believe me because of the words I speak, then believe me because of the works that I do. So he said, the works were signs to them. If they couldn't believe by the words, then believe because of the signs. The works that I do. And so uh, healing, the third reason Jesus healed was for signs. Then it goes on to say, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works or signs that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Well, there's been lots of talk about what are the greater works. And I don't even know that we still know, but I do know this. That, that word greater works in the Greek means greater in degree. I don't think that still explains. I guess Jesus never healed AIDS because it wasn't there. So that might be the greater works that we do. Matthew 4, 23. Everybody there. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And the fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers' diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. So Jesus healed them. It says nothing was left out. He said all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. There was not one sickness that Jesus left out and didn't heal. Praise God. Jesus healed all. He healed all the sick. Jesus healed them all again in Luke 4 verse 40. In that passage we just read, it didn't really tell how Jesus did it, but in Luke 4 40 it says, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with divers diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them. So that could have been a big crowd. He laid hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Let's stop right there. Now the devils are crying out, This is Christ. This is the Son of God. This is Messiah. These devils are crying out. And Jesus rebuked those devils and told them to, he told them to shut up and not to speak. The reason he did that, the reason he did that is that he did not want the people believing because a devil told them. 
He did not want them that their belief that he was the Son of God to be because the devil told them. He wanted it to be because of either the words he spoke or we read it before. If you can't believe me because of the words, then believe me because of the signs or the works that I do for the very work's sake. And then it says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, and the people sought him and came unto him and stayed with him that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, They wanted him to just stay right there with him, set up camp. Hallelujah. He said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Hallelujah. So he healed everyone there, all they that had any sick. All they that had any sick with all different kinds of diseases. Hallelujah. And he did it by the laying on of hands. Luke six seventeen. And he came down with them and stood in the plain. And the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem. And from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. So this time he healed them, and many of them, I don't know if it was every one of them, but they were healed by them touching Jesus instead of Jesus laying hands on them. They touched Jesus. And it says virtue went out of them, and that word virtue there, I looked it up, but uh, it is dunamis. It should be power. Or dunamis. It's instead of virtue. Because when you think virtue, the word virtue in our day means different than what it must have meant then. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, virtue is like purity or righteousness now. Uh, but uh, virtue there in that verse is power. Dunamis went out of him. Miracle working power. Dunamis is miracle working power. One thing there that's different is they actually came to hear and to be healed. So they had heard and they came for a specific reason. They came expecting. That wasn't the case with every crowd that he dealt with. And so that may be the reason why he used different methods and did different things. Hallelujah. I'll just close with this. This won't take long. This is a letter John G. Lake wrote in 1910, which that would be 105 years ago. He wrote a letter to someone, and it was titled, The Secret of the Aggressive Ministry of Healing. And I didn't copy the whole letter. I just took notes on the letter. He said, The secret was this, teaching our workers to exercise the dominion of Jesus Christ, and that he has already put it, the dominion, in their souls when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. In other branches... They still follow the old line of intercession for the sick. They are still begging God to heal. They are praying instead of exercising dominion. We do not pray for God to come and heal, but looking into his face and believing that he has baptized us and given us this dominion, we command in the name of Jesus the devil and his works to depart. And we can do this even when they are not in front of us, as in the healing of the Roman centurion. And we know that Jesus spoke the words and he was not there. Then he quoted, His name through faith in his name, Acts 3, Such as I have give I thee, Jesus maketh thee whole. These are all commands. They are not asking, but they are all commands. 
He said, we have never caught the force of these words to set the captives free. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Loosing starts on earth. Think about that. Loosing does not start in heaven with God. Loosing starts on earth. And then God backs us up. Whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Glory to God. If you need prayer, we'll, we will pray for you. We are more convinced than ever.